Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Making Do podcast. I'm Emily Kerfinell, and this is a new podcast series with creative inspiration for makers growing businesses in lean times. A little background on the podcast. I'm the founder at Wholesale in a Box, a subscription service that helps makers get their handmade lines into brick and mortar stores. We are seeing firsthand how severely the stores and makers we serve have been affected by the pandemic, but we're also seeing incredible ingenuity, generosity, and innovation. We're seeing makers making do. So this podcast series is an experiment. I want to share stories of the challenges makers are facing, as well as creative approaches they're experimenting with. And I wanted to let you know about our new program. It's called Labs. Labs is a six-week guided group program to help makers rechart your course and find creative resilience. The COVID-19 epidemic has shaken up our retail reality, every plan we've ever had as business owners, and completely reshaped our personal lives. As you've been hearing on the podcast, there are a lot of challenges and a lot of opportunities right now. The Labs program is meant to support your creative resilience in this new economy. We're also offering it on a pay-what-you-can basis, so please do apply if you think it might be a fit. You can learn all about it at onemilco slash labs, O-N-E-M-I-L-L dot C-O slash L-A-B-S. Applications are due Tuesday, 519 at 5 p.m. Eastern. Today I'm talking to Sarah Omura of So Handmade, a line of eco-friendly toys for pretend play. Sarah's products are impeccably designed and made, and I loved this conversation with her. She's practical, open-hearted, and passionate about the work that she does. Sarah talks about her journey with So Handmade, the impact of COVID on her business, and her wild journey into mask making. It's fascinating to hear how Sarah has been keeping So Handmade afloat, in challenging times, and in ways she never could have imagined a few months ago. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining me. Hi. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Sure. So let's start just by hearing you tell us just a little bit about your journey as a maker. Sure. Well, I've always been creative, and I've always been sewing and painting and just making things. So um, I ended up going to art college in the UK, where I'm from. And then after art college, uh, well, I specialized in textile design and especially screen printing. And then I got a job working in London as a textile designer. So I did that for 10 years. Um, And then I just really felt like I needed to see the world. I felt very enclosed in my environment in London. Although it was wonderful for those 10 years, I felt like I really needed to see more of the world. So I was really lucky to be able to go with VSO, which is like a voluntary organization, a bit like Peace Corps. And I was posted in Namibia in Southern Africa. So I spent uh, six years actually in Namibia where I was working with uh, rural craft groups up in the north. I was helping them kind of make products that they could sell to tourists because the tourism market was just burgeoning over there. So they, they were very used to making things for their own use but not actually selling them so it was helping them create things that tourists would find appealing so I did that for uh, six years and I actually met my husband there he was a Peace Corps volunteer so we got married and then we came to live in the States. Wow I didn't I didn't know about your experience in Namibia that's incredible I 
Do you feel like supporting those entrepreneurs in Namibia helped you have a different perspective on being an entrepreneur and a maker and having a business as a maker? Definitely. I mean, we did a lot of training with them about bookkeeping, um, supplies, you know, ordering supplies when not when you've run out, but when before you've run out, you know, things like things like that, um, helping them with products and making products clean and troubleshooting. So when things go wrong, um, so all things like that really helped me when I came to the US and I decided I wanted to start my own business, kind of gave me a really good um, view of how to start, how to start it and how to go about good customer service and all those things. Oh, that's so cool. It was like it was like you were in a maker business training course for six yeah. years in addition to supporting them. That's so neat. Yeah. Cool. All right. And then um, what about So Handmade, which is your business? Tell us about So Handmade and the beginnings of that and how you've grown it. Well, I started it completely different. I was making things like uh, Christmas ornaments, Christmas tree skirts, just things that I I felt like I needed. And then we had a little boy at the time who was so active and he just wanted to be out and running and doing things all the time and whenever we went out to restaurants or to the park he always wanted to bring all his little cars with him <laughs> all his little trains and I couldn't find anything to keep them in and they just ended up in our pockets and in the bottom of our bag and we were like there must be a better solution to this hmm. so I started fiddling around and making things that we could use for his cars and his trains and then I was using um, fabric that I was buying from, you know, Joanne's. And, and I thought, you know, I'm a trained textile designer. I know how right. to screen print. Why don't I start screen printing my own fabrics that, that then I can sew into these play mats? So that's, that's kind of how it all came up. So I started with a little car roll to put his little cars in. And then it just blossomed and you know there's so many ideas I kept coming up with new ideas and then I went to pivoting my business to just doing children's things at one point I was doing both um decorations Christmas things and kids things and it was just I felt it was confusing for people Mm -hmm. at craft fairs they come along and they look and they're like what am I looking at and I felt much more passionate about the kids things Hmm. so that's when I decided to completely change it to just doing kids toys okay how many years ago did you sell your first kids thing and then how many years till you pivoted to just focusing on that I think I well I started my Etsy shop in 2011 and I think it was around 2012 that I tried that I was making kids stuff as well Mm. so it didn't take long it was maybe 2000. 14, I think I, I completely went over to the kids' stuff altogether. And then how have you been growing So Handmade since then? Where have you been selling? What has it looked like? Generally, it's been focused on online sales and craft fair. So it's like straight to customers. Um, because I'm screen printing and sewing everything myself, I'm a one-woman band. Keeping up with demand, that's all I could manage. Um, so the craft fairs, it's it was about 50-50 craft fairs and Etsy. Uh, and I also have my own website now. But then I have started a little bit of wholesale. So just a few orders each month, just to a select few uh, people who really approach me. I, I don't do mm. a lot of like, looking for wholesale accounts. People generally find me on Etsy and send me messages. So that's how it's kind of split at the moment. So mm. I would say craft fairs and Etsy and then like 10% wholesale. 
And you've been doing, have you been doing the business full time since the beginning or was that a shift that happened sometime in there? So when I came to the States, we had a a one-year-old, so I was pretty much full on looking after him. And then we, we kind of started him off with a couple of days of daycare here and there. And then my daughter came along, so the same. So it's kind of been part-time, part-time looking after the kids, part-time doing this. But I felt for my own sanity, both of them did go to daycares for a couple of days a week, just okay. because I felt I didn't want to be that all-in stay-at-home mom. I had to have something else <laughs> to, yeah. to save my sanity. Yeah, and then the I'm curious about the development of the products themselves for anybody that's not familiar. So the brand is called So Handmade and each individual product is very unique and very thoughtfully designed and very consistent with your overall brand. So hmm. it like you said when you you know when you see So Handmade at a craft market, you get what's happening and you get yeah. that it's something special instantly. Is that something that you've had to experiment with and do you prototype the products or how do you get to the designs of the products themselves? So quite often I listen to people at craft fairs tell me what they want. You know, quite often I have people come to me and say, oh, I really want something that we can put. Like people keep asking me for Lego things. And so that's something that I'm experimenting with at the moment. So I'll just play around with fabric and come up with a design, a prototype, just with plain fabric. And then I do the design stage. So I think, well, these are the surfaces that I can print on, Mm. you know, when it's unpicked, when it's, when it's at his raw stage, what design can I fit within this space that then I can then manipulate and sew to make this cool playmat. So things like putting little bridges in that the cars can drive through. So I'll I'll prototype that with just with plain fabric first and then come up with a design. And then there's a great uh, local community women's uh, space where I can go and print all my fabric. Mm. So I go and rent space there and do a whole batch of printing all at one, all in one time. And then I have, uh, you know, enough to keep me going for a few months. Have you found that your sales are split among your products or do you have some that are favorites of your customers? Uh, I definitely think at craft fairs, uh, it's more, it's more split between all of them because people get the chance to look and feel everything. But I feel like on Etsy, there are definitely like heroes. There's, there's probably three, three or four uh, ones, which just, I sell all the time on Etsy and others that kind of get a little buried, that maybe people don't come and look at your entire shop. They just find a train play mat through search and that's the mm-hmm. one they buy. Whereas they don't actually come to your storefront and see that I have other train play mats. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely with Etsy, there's a few that, that always outsell everything else. Interesting. Okay. And then you were telling me, you mentioned it just now, and I remember several years ago, we talked about this too, that it, it has felt challenging for you, or maybe partly undesirable to have help in the production process, like a production assistant. Tell us more about that. How have you chosen to do almost all of the work of the business yourself? I think maybe I'm a control freak. I don't know. It's just finding, it's finding that someone, it's finding that manufacturer that you feel completely fine with giving your baby to. You know, it's something that I I have been looking into and I I have been in talks with a manufacturer, but I haven't quite got there yet. Mm -hmm. I feel like 
my model would have to change quite a bit to to enable that shift mm-hmm. and i'm not quite at that position ready to jump jump right in mm-hmm. and the the mix of time and production and growth has felt more or less good to you over the past few years yeah and i'm making yeah. i feel like i'm making um i'm always busy i'm always sewing and i sell what i'm making yeah um, and i I really pay attention to the figures and look at, okay, last year I sold this many of this one. So then I need to budget for making the same amount, if not a little bit more the following year. So I kind of mm. keep track and I keep a goal uh, cheap with goals on, like I need to sew 30 of these this month to, so that my busy time is really October through to December. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I make the bulk of my sales. So I, I like to go into that season with a really good inventory um, of supplies ready that can be mailed straight away. So yeah, so I try and sort of balance my year, um, making all the ones that I know are going to sell really well so that I have lots when it comes to the crunch. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm curious about your system. So your goal sheet and how you stay on top of the numbers, what, um, what systems or software do you use to stay on top of all of that? Oh, it's just, it's just me writing lots of notes. Yeah. Use paper and pencil. Yeah. 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 Okay. I I, I look and I make a goal for myself. Okay. I saw 200 of these play mats last year. Yeah. Um, You know, I want to make at least 220 this year. Therefore I need to make this many, you know, so I kind of break it down into batches of okay. 30 so I can make 30 at a time. Um, that's just one product. So, yeah. you know, over about, I have about 20 different products. So, Do you, um, and do you set your goals by the year, the quarter, or the month, or all of those? I just look at it yearly because it, yearly. it really depends for me on the time of year. Like I said, the like craft said, fairs yeah. between October and December, those are my, like, really busy times so I'll just keep making all year um kind of a similar amount so it doesn't come to October and I'm like ah frantic you know I want to I want to pace it out so I don't kill myself in yeah in the fall yeah yeah that makes sense and you've probably learned over time over the past several years about the best ways to organize the year so that you don't have a frantic holiday season definitely yeah because I always like to take some time off in the summer and you know things like that so so that I am always just churning away quietly, just, you know, getting it done. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then shifting a little bit more just to the current times, um, how how has coronavirus affected you? What, I mean, even thinking back to the very early stages of it in March, or, you know, maybe it even goes back further for you guys, but what was that like for you at the very beginning? It was just very strange, uh, you know, when the kids, that first Friday that the kids were off, uh, school was cancelled, it was just very strange. And I found those first couple of weeks with the kids home, my, my husband's a teacher too, so he was home. It was kind of nice, it was like a little holiday, mm-hmm. but I didn't really get much work done and I didn't really feel like I had to. I was kind of in mm-hmm. this space where I was like, I'm not really sure what I should be doing so I just kind of did lots of arts and crafts with the kids and mm. we did lots of walks and yeah. So the first couple of weeks apart from, you know, obviously it was worrying and I was a little stressed about it, but getting to spend time with my family was, was awesome. Mm. And then were you, 
worried about your business during that time? Did you see an immediate impact on sales? I think the, the main impact straight away was all the craft fairs being cancelled. And that was right. worrying because right. it was like, you know, it's a really big part of my income was the craft fair. So that was very worrying. Uh, wholesale orders, you know, I don't do a huge amount, but I definitely noticed that, you know, they completely stopped. And I'd only just got all my ducks in a row, got my line sheet ready for the year, all that kind of stuff. So that was frustrating. Um, but Etsy sales have kind of continued pretty good for all my all my products. So mm-hmm. that was nice to sort of have still have a few orders coming in through that. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I'm curious about, because I struggle with this sometimes is like, it sounds like you managed to allow a bit of space without panicking to fix your business. Yeah. Like definitely. space to be with your family. And you yeah. just said, okay, this is a different time and kind of went with it. Yeah, I did. And I, I, I delved into things like I thought, oh, what, what do I need to do for my business? What have I been neglecting? Yeah. So I actually delved right into Pinterest, which is this black hole, which I have <laughs> never been, never, never had the time to really look into before. So I, I did a course on Pinterest and I have like really tried to up my game. So that was actually really interesting. Yeah, for the first few weeks of the pandemic, that was, you know, what I was really focusing on. Huh, okay. Okay. All right, so those were the first couple of weeks, and then um, what happened after that? I, I saw the Etsy email about making masks and how they were going to start allowing makers to post masks for sale. So I thought, oh, I might have a have a little dabble at that because, you know, I need to make some masks for the family, and people have been asking me. So I made a few prototypes, tried them out on the kids, found a design that I, a pattern I liked and a design I liked. And I thought, oh, I'll just make a few and put them up on Etsy and see what happens. And then I think the first day I put them up, I think I sold about 60. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I had to take the listing straight down. I was like, oh my goodness, I can't keep up with this. (laughs) So, so since then it's just been this like whirlwind of mask making. The demand has been astonishing. So I've what I've been doing is I've just been making masks, uh, getting a whole batch out in the mail. Then as soon as I've done with one batch, I'll put the listing back up. And I remember there was one day I put the listing back up about six o'clock in the evening. And I think it was one hour and I'd, and I'd had over 30 orders in like mm-hmm. one hour. So I had to take it straight back down again. And, you know, and then I spend the next day making those orders and then I'll put it up a couple of days later. So it's just been kind of juggling, you know, making these all these mask orders and trying to stay sane. And my shoulders and my back. Right, because making masks is repetitive physically in a way that your products are, but not to that extreme. No, no, I've never had to do something so repetitive before. But, you know, I feel good about it because I purposefully put my masks at the lower end because I felt like I wanted to help people. I didn't want to be making making them for a profit. I didn't want to be, you know, raking in all this money when other people are suffering. I, I felt really bad about that in the beginning. And I just felt right. If I put a price that really basically covers my covers the postage and it covers the materials and a little bit more than, you know, I, I'll try and do my bit. So, um, and the, the need has just been astonishing, just phenomenal how many orders I've had. I think 
I worked it out this morning. I think I've sold a, a thousand masks since wow. April the 6th. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm curious about, like you said, your, your concerns about how to price them and or yeah. maybe even perceptions of how other people might see it. What were your thoughts like, when you first created the listing, I mean, like you're sitting there at your computer and you have to decide the price. You have to decide how you're describing them. You also have to pick a pattern and you're like looking through medical information about effective yeah. fabrics. Like what was that whole process like in terms of designing the mass and making the decisions around the product specifics? So I looked at the CDC website really and used their guidance, which was two layers of high quality cotton. Um, and then I tried out, um, a nose piece I tried out some pipe cleaners but it, it just really wasn't working it was mm-hmm. as soon as you wash them the pipe cleaners go all squishy and okay um and then the other one was uh, filter pockets but as I was reading more into it it was like filters are only really necessary for um, medical um, usage and I was okay. really looking for personal protection for people who are going to the grocery store out for a walk they just want something basic covering their face um, so that's kind of, I always, when I'm doing listings and doing a new product, if I'm doubting what I'm doing, I always ask myself, like, keep it simple. Mm. So that was really my, my main thing when I was doing them, like, keep it simple. Mm. No nose piece, no filter, just a, a basic personal protective mask. Um, and that's really helped keep costs down as well and keep, the, the amount of time to make them as you know quick as possible mm-hmm. and did you feel concerned at all because I rem- I feel like it's a whole different world now with the mask like everybody has a mask everybody uses a mask we get how it works but early on there was a lot of discussion about like are they effective do people need them should people wear them were you worried to get caught in all that or you felt like you kept it simple and you you, you weren't concerned about that bigger context of it a little bit. I think before Etsy said uh, it was okay to sell masks on it, on on their platform, uh, people were asking me, and I was like, I don't really want to get into that because it's because of the medical side. I don't want to provide something to a nurse or a doctor that's not going to protect them fully. That's why I was like, now that we can make them just for you know general people who are just going shopping, that's that. I felt comfortable with that. With that, okay. Yeah, I didn't feel comfortable, you know, sending them to hospitals or right, right. You know, like, like, I'll keep that to the professionals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What type of feedback have you gotten about the mass outside of the incredible sales? I've had some really lovely uh, reviews actually on Etsy. People who yeah. say it was like their best buying experience on Etsy, oh. things like that. Which oh. There was that one review nearly made me cry. It was yeah. so nice. So I'm really pleased with um, generally people have been very, very, you know, happy with their purchase. I mean, obviously it's Etsy, so you do get a few. Yeah. <laughs> combos and whatever but yeah, you know you just have that. to roll with the punches sometimes <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um okay and then where do you go from here with the masks I mean I could imagine you would feel like well I don't know how are you feeling about it at this point I feel like the last couple of days it has definitely slowed down I think the, okay the, on its the own. main yeah the main thrust of all the orders I think is behind us I think a lot of people who want them have now got them Okay. So there's still orders coming in. Um, so it's nice. I've just, you know, I've parceled off about six orders today, which is which is great. 
but I feel like the main the days of 30 orders are probably behind us which I'm quite glad about okay um so I'd like to so sort of delve back into my business again I feel like I've neglected it for the last month you know it's been it's it's been I'll, and I will con- continue to make them I'll definitely keep them on my on my site for a, for a while and I was also curious about um now and also over the last month or so in making the mass you have two kids right yeah and they're both home. I know your husband's probably also still home, but he yeah. also probably has responsibility. So what have the logistics of your home and time in studio been? So I've been getting up actually really early in the morning because I'm, I'm more of a morning person than working at night. So I've been getting up like six and, and like just getting on with with making them so that I can get, you know, a couple of hours in before the kind of chaos of the day starts mm-hmm. and then you know my husband is home and he, but he's a teacher so he has been doing his own classes mm-hmm. but that doesn't take up all the, all the day so he's okay. able to delve in with the homeschooling of both of the others um sort of in between his own classes so we've been kind of sharing the workload and I've been kind of doing my work when I can yeah is it um has that felt like a doable balance overall yeah, yeah, there were some days where it was getting a little much. So he would take them out somewhere just to give me some space. Yeah. And I think that's that's been the, my biggest struggle. I'm so used to being here in my studio by myself, having like quiet so I can think and mm-hmm. think about what do I need to do next? And, you know, the bigger picture things, which I just haven't had the bandwidth to be able to do in recent weeks and that's what I'm really missing just just quiet (laughs) yeah that really resonates with me too yeah yeah well you may not have an answer to this and that's okay then but I was going to ask you as you look forward for So Handmade what feels promising what feels like priorities or goals moving forward as you move maybe out of the very busy mask making phase uh, well, it's been quite good. I did get a wholesale order yesterday. So that felt okay. really positive. Yeah. And I've had a couple of more queries. So, you know, I think I'm really looking hopeful for the gifting season. I think people are going to be still be looking for gifts. I don't know if craft fairs are going to be able to open up. But I feel hopeful that online sales will will stay set steady and, you know, ramp up into towards towards Christmas again. And I think, you know, there's some craft fairs who are looking at doing like virtual or kind of looking at other ways to help their makers. So Mm -hmm. hopefully um, some of those will work out. I do feel like I want to start looking into other products when I have the time. So products Mm -hmm. for kids at home, because my products are more about Mm. traveling and going out and about with your kids. I was thinking of more like coloring and coloring pages or kits or things like that that I feel like I could add to my to my product line which would resonate with people like right now well that's such a great idea I think that would be using your perspective and your design ethos it would be such a great thing I think for a lot of people who are home with their kids yeah yeah when you start thinking about those products or and you think about now until the end of the year are you plotting out, okay, I'm going to focus on masks through the summer and then I'm going to think about products and then it'll be the holiday season? Or are, do you have any thoughts on how you're going to sequence things? I haven't got that far. I'm yeah. just taking it day by day. In the yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> you have know, to. Yeah. What orders come in, I'll fill them. You know, what people are asking me for, 
I'm just going to carry on. You know, when yeah. I see some of my products are getting low, I'll, you know, make those. Can... Yeah. So I, I, I don't really have a plan as yet. So it's almost like you'll see as maybe the masks slow that will create space for some yeah. of the new ideas. And then Definitely. those are kind of waiting. And then when there's space time-wise and mental energy-wise, then you'll start working on that. Definitely. And, you know, putting some new products in there would be great as well. I think it's very inspiring and supportive to hear the way that you're accepting your capacity and letting that be enough and not expecting yourself to do more than is possible with what you Mm -hmm. have during this time. Because I think for a lot of us who own businesses, it feels like there's 20 things to do and space for four. And that's very it can be overwhelming. And I think uh, because I've always been a bit of a hoarder with fabric supplies and things, I think that's really put me in good stead right now because I had bolts of fabric ready to go that I could use for masks. Yeah. And, you know, when supplies are taking so long to arrive and people are running out of elastic, I was like, oh, thank goodness I, I have all these supplies that I could use. So I think, you know, it'd be really good to look around and see what I've got and what I can purpose into, you know, something new. Interesting. Um, have you had any supply chain issues that you had to resolve? Just just elastic, with, but I was able to source and get quite quickly. So that was good. So I have enough supplies now to keep me going a while. Enough. Okay, yeah. to go. Last question. Thinking about other makers or business owners who might be listening to this, do you have advice for makers who have seen their income sources shift or disappear during this time? Um, I think that being on Etsy has been a a fantastic way to get new products that people are looking for right now. Hmm. Literally, you can a few clicks and you can post something new. So I think makers who have these studios full of amazing equipment and supplies, you know, look around and see what you have. Look and see what people are searching for. Kits, like all sorts of things, coloring, things to do with homeschooling, things to do with DIY, like funny cards, like make some coronavirus, you know, silly Mm -hmm. cards to help people, you know, see the funny side. I know it's what's going on is absolutely dreadful, but, you know, people might need a little giggle every now and again just to keep their spirits up. So, you know, doing new new products that you can then post on Etsy and within minutes you can get sales from mm-hmm. you know, people because they're searching for these things and they want them. So just look around and think outside the box. Think mm. you know, what, what do people want and see if you can come up with something cool. I think that's such good advice and something that you've modeled well for all of us. Thank you so much, Sarah. I hope you and your family continue to be well and enjoy your time together. But thanks again for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. That's it for today's episode. You can find the podcast, get in touch with me, and find full show notes at makingdopodcast.com and makingdopodcast on Instagram. If you like the podcast and you want to help us continue, you can review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you have a story of how you're making do as a maker right now, we would love to hear it. Leave us a voicemail or send us a text message with your story anonymously or with your name at 845-202-0059. Thank you so much, and we will see you on the next episode.